0: This podcast is intended for mature audiences and contains adult language and subject matter. Listeners, please be advised.
1: This is Bonnie Neal. And this is Blake Thompson. And this is a podcast we're bringing to you called Drinking With Your Ex. And other poor life decisions. Other bad choices. Right. Um, <laughs> we, are, we are bringing this to you mainly because he and I are exes. Uh, we dated back in the day. We dated back during the turn of the century, which is something I love to say.
0: So it makes us sound both very old because it was 20 some years ago.
1: Oh my God. Yes. We dated um, two years and change, and we've been friends much, much longer than we did date, which puts us in this really interesting place right now where we are both single. Both, both in our 40s. Yes, and we've known each other long enough to have pretty strong opinions about why we are both single and in our 40s. And we thought it would be interesting and fun to talk about you know, issues that people deal with or that we're dealing with dating over our 40s and we're going so the rules of the podcast I'm just going to set them out there and Blake's going to hop in as well right so the rules of the podcast are that we will have a topic um, but beginning of every podcast the other one gets to introduce the other one therefore engaging a nice edge play can you imagine how your ex would introduce you to the world and again, it can
0: become brutally entertaining.
1: Brutally entertaining, <laughs> especially considering Blake's love of wordplay. The second rule is that as we discuss the topic, each one of us is required to ask the other one an extremely uncomfortable question about today's topic or about just something that's just been burning in their mind for 20 years that they definitely wanted to know.
0: And also, the rule on that is neither of us can take an audible and go no. Oh, yeah,
1: there's no backing out of it. If it's asked, one must answer, which will keep this compelled, so to speak. Compelled, which will keep this exciting. And then the third rule of the podcast is it will be brought to you by a particular kind of alcohol every week. This week, our alcohol of the week is Evan Williams. Evan Williams. It is personally one of my favorite go-to standard hard-working bourbons in the world. All of you bourbon snobs looking down your nose, I don't think you fully appreciated an Evan Williams Black Label blind test. Just saying. But Evan Williams, it is definitely one of my favorite go-to bourbons. um, And it kind of sets the stage for this. All right. Well, today's topic is... Actually, there's some backstory. We need a little bit of backstory. Some,
0: there's some backstory, but also first we need to introduce each other. Oh my God, I was to almost skip forgot over that. You're Sip trying to over skip that. over it. All right, you go ahead. Trying to skip over it and allow me to introduce my ex of 20-some years ago, Bonnie Neal. Bonnie Neal, who is also known, who is probably one of the smartest human beings I do know. So true. So true and modest. That uh, too. See what else she is a. She used to herd spies for a living. She also has ran around ran around the world visiting mysterious places and writing about them.
1: Interesting as as introductions go. I'm gonna go with that. Um, this ladies and gentlemen is Blake. He is an over 45 silver fox, six foot five, girlish, uh, pushing 300 figure. <laughs> he is a former undercover narcotics officer (laughs) who segued that into a career bouncing on the streets of LA and New York City while going and getting his you cannot make this up therapy degree he has a couple of master's degrees in therapy for Christ's sake ladies you need to understand what it's like to have your ex become a therapist
0: but ladies ladies, (laughs) hey nothing to do with it
1: it will be proven in this podcast nothing to do with me But there you go, that is us for this week, Blake Thompson and Bonnie Neal. Nicely done. I feel like we were very nice to each other. We
0: were very, I would would even say borderline kind.
1: Borderline kind. Man, I've been accused of a lot of things, (laughs) never that. But I was, you know, I like it, it's setting a nice tone. I'm I'm proud of us. Okay. This week's topic, which I did want to get to, this is a last-minute change, but I really liked it because I was put in a situation. So this podcast, we are going to talk about topics that we discuss, and we are probably going to wind up talking about our past, inevitably. But we'd also like to, you know, get questions from the audience, you know, solicit some ideas and, and get some ideas from those out there in the dating world like we are. And this is one particular situation. A mutual friend of ours is dating a um, man that is not quite over 40. He is 30. So she
0: says, we don't know he, if, if he actually exists or not.
1: It's true. None of us have actually met him. So sometimes we refer to him as his Canadian boyfriend, like, you know, my boyfriend in Canada, right? <laughs> but according to her, he is 38 years old. So he's not quite 40, but he's on his way. And they started out this relationship, having kind of rock star porn star sex. And the last couple of times, there has been an inability to come. And you know, our mutual friend was talking to me about it. And she asked me what I thought. Does that, you know, what do I think when, you know, my partner starts having um, erection difficulties, you know, difficulty obtaining erection. But I think it's actually really specific to difficulties in climaxing mm-hmm. during sex. And whether that meant that he was not into her anymore, or whether that meant a lot of different things. And while put on the spot, I was like, oh. I would like to phone a friend i this is this is a question that i know that i can put to blake and he will tell me honestly what he thinks
0: yeah and also just so everybody knows blake's actually a professional counselor and has had a lot of schooling on sexuality and actually male sexual dysfunction
1: right you're a smarty pants who knows all these things you know the scientific answer and i think you're also probably going to tell us the emotional answer so absolutely go tell um this is me calling you up blake hey what 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 should a woman think when a partner is no longer climaxing in bed
0: well one uh one of the most important things uh, rather than thinking is asking
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. i know yeah 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 what's all this oh no yes yes ladies and gentlemen we were talking about open communication in a relationship
1: all right dad
0: go on (laughs) thinking where one can jump to conclusions. And some of those conclusions are based in reality, especially when it comes to the securities or insecurities of the relationship. And also the newness of the relationship where your communication about sex, because as we know, like as Americans, we don't talk about it.
1: That makes it hotter, right? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, okay, yes, communication, newness, Right. I, I'm of the opinion. That men of a certain age, past a certain age, have trained their dick for a combo lock, mm. right? That after, you know, let's give it a bit, after two and a half decades of masturbation, the dick only works with certain combination locks, right? And those, that, that need for a combination lock which maybe involves like what did you say being punched in the nose twice and then sticking your foot in a bear trap um oh, just to saying, come.
0: saying like to get off you like you have very you have you've conditioned yourself to a particular way to where you need particular scenarios to get off
1: correct and i'm of the opinion that if you're a man over 30 you have a combo luck and that combo luck is kind of what it takes for you to wait for the word consistently come right and I'm a big believer in the power of new strange that any man that has the power of new pussy in front of him can overcome the restrictions of the combo lock, meaning they can come without it.
0: They can overcome the restrictions from the combo lock, but there's also a lot of factors that can disable that combo lock.
1: Well, that 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 overcoming of the restrictions of the combo lock has a time limit that once it's no longer, who knows what it is, whatever that inevitable threshold is, but once that strange is no longer nice, new strange, and <laughs> becomes reliably comfortable strange, then a combo lock gets put back into force. And that's when they have to communicate, dad, about what their actual combo lock involves. And this is where it becomes awkward conversations, like put on this wig and act like a tarantula. Not that it ever happened.
0: Are you king-shaming me? Uh,
1: no, I would never. <laughs> that tarantula thing didn't involve a wig. Please stop it.
0: It's it's fine. It's fine. I'm the one that needs punched in the face and have my foot in a bear trap now.
1: <laughs> so, ladies, I'm just letting you know, just giving you the, you know...
0: <laughs> yes, I'm giving three. you the 411, ladies 411, and
1: gentlemen. <laughs> the extra 411 on how to unlock Blake Thompson's amazing combo lock. But,
0: but again, like when you're looking at the combo lock, it's... It's much a mental mental game as it is a physical game, especially for men. Um, and especially if there's an insecurity involved. Like, if the newness of the relationship is scary, are they intimidated by their partner? Are, uh, they, are they worried about, are they having performance anxiety?
1: Right. And so this is where you get into, like, forgive me, the emotions of the situation, right? There are, of course, physiological implications, right? You know, hydraulics and Mm -hmm. hydraulics are a thing, blood pressure, you know, good cardiovascular health. There are physiological reasons for not being able to get and maintain an erection. Um, There are physiological reasons for, I don't know if I've particularly heard of a physiological reason for not being able to climax.
0: Well, also it could be a a chemical thing. Like in, like, in just, in just enough. Where you're talking is someone's like say they pop the Viagra. Where there you have people that can go. They're the Energizer buddy, They can keep going and keep going and keep going. But there's no climax. Eh. It's just like hi, I have the North Pole and I'm about to penetrate you a lot and I can't get off because of insert said chemical. Oh wow. Or there's also. You know, as like, sorry, guys, there's also whiskey dick where it's like all of a sudden you're ready to go. You're ready to go. But you know what? You shouldn't have done that last shot of Jameson.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then
0: all of a sudden it's like, yes, you're going and you're going and you're going, but you're not. Oh,
1: well, I mean, there is another reason to, you know, you're over 40. God damn it. We're allowed to have sex without being drunk. I'm just saying let's be better than we were in college okay all right fine yes but it's
0: the 21st century
1: it's we all get to be loaded now all right fine so there are physiological reasons um both involving cardiovascular health and also involving you know consumption of chemicals but the interesting stuff is like what are the emotional reasons like you just said like him not coming could be related to him finding her intimidating Mm -hmm. ow and why and ew tell me more well when you think about it it's like especially if
0: and again this is where we start talking about male insecurity or insecurity in general just in the relationship where the individual could be intimidated and it could be intellectually could be sexually he may yes he may be 38 years old but he also may be inexperienced he might have not had that many partners i mean that's something to consider or he's had quite a few partners and he's still unsure what good sex looks like for him
1: ah okay well there's something i feel like transcends the gender divide Mm -hmm. you know you can be quite an experienced uh sexual partner and still not have a good idea about what sex means for you or more accurately what good sex means for you yeah right you might not have experienced yet Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I would say, you know, I know some ladies in my family and in my experience, right, that, you know, apparently grew up the victims of, you know, West Texas romance, which is cowboys hang on for eight seconds, then get up and throw their hat in the air. Um, Who, you know, the last time I checked in with some of them were 35 years old and had never had an orgasm. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is a travesty of life.
0: And much like being from Southern Ohio, it's very similar so instead of the cowboy hat they're throwing their skull hat in the air well you know and screaming Eehaw.
1: yeehaw because the
0: back of the bed of a truck is so romantic
1: oh my god i do think that that is like the unthought rule that most parents of teenagers should think through the fact that you are prudish about your teenagers having sex mean that the majority of us are losing our virginity in automobiles all right mm-hmm. like and we're probably the third generation of that and that's just Sad. And we're
0: still going People. and going and going. Hopefully this goes away with the boomers, but oh, that's God. just me.
1: I mean, can we just, you know,
0: I don't know, like,
1: like kill the Puritans, kill it with fire. Oh,
0: But again, it's like, like there's, there are th- and I agree with you, there are things that do transcend the gender divide where, as you just said, you know women that have not had an orgasm and they're 35 going, pushing on 40 years old.
1: And that, I mean, that on some level is a failure of the partner, but mm-hmm. I do believe after the age of 30, it is your responsibility as a human to yourself to figure out your body, to figure out what combo lock for your body. it unlocks you know a climax in an orgasm because that is both the gift you are giving yourself and a gift you're bringing to your partnership. And so sure. the, I mean, is this, is this failure to climax? Is this him not understanding what his body is? I mean, how, my understanding is that men understand how their body works a lot better than women do. Like women understanding how to get to orgasm does maybe involve reading some like Sanskrit scrolls and, you know, communing with the nature. I'm going to argue that just just for the fact
0: that you have men where, and I'm going to date myself where back when I was in junior high in the eighties, excuse me. Uh, And during that time when the sex education would come around, women got taken away and they actually had the whole conversation about their reproductive organs. Boys were sent to play dodgeball.
1: So I will say we did not have a conversation about reproductive organs. We were taught that, you know, once a month we bleed for nine days and don't die. And we should uh, not use tampons because that makes us a whore. We should definitely use diapers um, and uh, definitely don't have sex then because that makes us a dirty whore. I mean, I'm just summing it up, but that's essentially it. Oh, that's what,
0: that's what I heard too from like, from, 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 like my female friends from back in the day. They said, What'd you do if they sent us to play dodgeball? And, which, and if you think about the dodgeball, that's a really interesting metaphor for a future sex life of a lot oh, of gosh. teenagers. Actually,
1: yeah. Wow. <sighs> Fair enough. Actually, maybe you got more sexual education out of dodgeball than, than we did. Probably, because, uh, you know, the, the dirty red shaming society cuz
0: as we all know dodgeball's a game of, of shame and degradation
1: shame and degradation uh, you can dodge it you can dodge a ball uh
0: but that's the thing it's like you have you have so many different aspects of it where at the end of the day communication becomes key
1: yes but i feel like we're we're you're still kind of dancing around the fucking subject right i i i'm not getting you to say
0: okay let's see or how many and i'm going i'm going to use this and this is where I'm shooting down my gender, guys. Sorry. How many men do you know are actually heavily sexually aware of themselves and their bodies?
1: Well, I think I know more than most because I know an awful lot of freaky tantric hippies. But <laughs> I would say as a whole, yes, men, are, men in America are just as clueless about sex as women are. Uh, I also, but I also think that like the problem that leads to a combo luck mm-hmm. is that they do actually perhaps spend a lot more time masturbating. Well, yeah, it's uh, like I mean, and that is that is at least understanding the mechanics of your body if you're not sometimes training it badly. Um, and most
0: people never, most people were embarrassed to have that conversation with their, yeah, their young sons. But yes, about sex. And about the inner workings of it. Where do they learn? Where does most Americans learn about sex porn?
1: Porn. And Which then is, I'm sorry to break this to everybody,
0: not real. Porn is not real. And it's like you develop these, and you develop these intricate fantasies. Hence the combination lock. Right. And the combination lock goes from two digits, to three digits, to 10 digits, to 15 digits. And then all of a sudden you're watching, it's like, yeah, I can't, I can't do this without clown porn and a bear trap. I mean...
1: You break the penis, yes. Uh, you break the penis through, what is it, niche use, um, so to speak. Whereas I, I think women sometimes just ignore it. And so they're they're starting from a, a, a level of ignorance, uh, of lack of... Unless they have made a concerted effort to give a shit about their own sexual pleasure and to do some sort of sexual exploration and awakening, or they've been extraordinarily lucky to find a partner that was insistent on exploring their own pleasure with them. I think it, it's just through a lack of care on some level. Like I would a, say consideration. A lack of consideration and, and, and it just becomes something like you know you're supposed to care about it, but then you've got to, you know, you've got kids, you've got a job, you've got a commute, you've got a this, you've got a laundry, you know, that it, it it becomes a priority that keeps dropping down the list.
0: Um Keeps dropping down the list. But again, it's like as any he- healthy sexual relationship should be it or could be where you have speaking as a man, having the consideration to ask his partner.
1: Yeah. I mean I think that's Ask is uh, I actually don't think it's that that rare. I actually think that it happens more often or else we would have more divorce. <laughs> uh you know, I just think it's actually just not a culturally celebrated, encouraged trait in
0: again, it goes back to our uh, Americans' puritanical nature, where it's like these are things you don't talk about. Even though, if you jump on any social media, any any television show, any book, there's so many, there's so much information out there for developing a healthy sexual relationship.
1: Right, but
0: but. No one walks into a bookstore and goes, hi, I'm buying the book about kink 101. And they proudly walk up to the counter and slap it on the counter. Because they feel like they're doing something wrong. Kink? Kink, or I mean, just basic sex in general.
1: Well, I mean probably like, you, you just, like they are probably doing something wrong if especially if they're they're not enjoying it um yeah, but
0: you just said it yourself it's like you were slut shamed back in junior high when you were when you were told it's like you're gonna bleed for nine days and die
1: and not die that's what makes you yeah. untrustworthy inherently because you're a woman
0: and if you and again you just i mean you know you know that point home
1: well yeah because the patriarchy hurts both of us right yeah. the patriarchy is what insists that you know we must control female sexuality but some of the ways it does it is that it also constricts male sexuality. Like part of what I think is so emotionally devastating for a woman in a situation where her partner ceases to be able to come Mm -hmm. is that it goes against what we've been taught about men since you guys got to go play dodgeball and we got to be slut shamed is we're taught that men are up for it at all times. Every time they're slavering dogs who are just going to hop on you and hump your leg and, you know, your role is to be, you know, an uptight, cock tease until that rings on your finger and then you surrender it and he will fall upon you at all times like a jackhammer. It's, where it's And so when he doesn't fall upon you like a jackhammer, you are like, oh my God, I'm unattractive as a woman. I have no femininity. He's fucking eight other people and not me. Like it just you start running through, like you failed as a woman because he doesn't want to fuck you at all times under any circumstances. And like that kind of... I, it's the stereotypes that dehumanize us both, but it's mm-hmm. it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to step back from like just the hurt that happens there.
0: And then that's that's the other that, that's the other big consideration. It's like from your friend's point of view, it's incredibly hurtful. Yes, especially again, as like I know I'm beating the dead horse with the communication part, but she doesn't know what's happening. She's coming up with like you know different scenarios in her head why this may be happening. And the majority of the scenarios that she came up with, she was blaming herself.
1: Cause it makes you feel more in control of it. And I had to point that out to her, but here's the thing though, like what, how do you even talk about it? Like I, every guy I've ever known who had hydraulics issues, I, I don't think I've ever had a situation where they, they've ceased to be able to come, um, but definitely, you know, uh, difficulties maintaining an erection. Mm-hmm. Apparently you asking questions about it just makes it even worse. And they look at you like, you've kicked a puppy or something when you're like, Oh, again, it's like, what what can we do? And like, there's, (laughs) it becomes this, it becomes this wall of silence and awkward and shame. And like, I don't even know how to even, I mean, I don't have a lot of patience for it now that I'm like, all right, we're over fucking 40 let's put on our adult pants and let's talk about the world. Um, but
0: that's where we're, that's where we're at. Yes. But when you have, Individuals that are younger than us, as like most people are than I am.
1: <laughs> well, you definitely you. My God, you're so old. Go ahead.
0: I'm sorry. I got my AARP card and my
1: Costco card. Leave me alone. Anyhow. Oh, that covers all manners of sense.
0: Yeah. But again, it's like you have, you have younger individuals that are still unsure
1: how to works these topics. Because they're embarrassing.
0: The, and they feel that embarrassment. And they feel the shame of it.
1: Yes, but... But I'm going to say, all right, I'm just going to put this out there, that if you're over 40 and you haven't figured out that being embarrassed won't kill you, then um, I'm here to break some other news to you. Santa Claus isn't real. But well, the tooth fairy is. Uh, well, I mean, he's, he's got a tattoo shop in East Austin. It's fine. Uh, no, but you know what I mean? I'm just like, God, just put on your big girl pants here. Like, just put on your big boy pants, right? Let's, there's a lot of different things that can go wrong with the body. Let's just talk about about it, but I, I mean, I get it, that's hard to yeah. do. I mean, it's
0: hard to do, and again, like when you add when you add um, extracurricular activities into it.
1: Are we talking about drugs, is that what you mean? I mean,
0: talk about anything. Could be drugs, could be an extramarital <laughs> affair, or it could be, you know, like, he doesn't know who the side piece is.
1: You mean she doesn't know who the side piece is?
0: The... I'm saying he doesn't know. Who because side he's still piece? trying to decide. Oh,
1: so lack of coming is an indication of cheating that there's somebody else I out there? I didn't say cheating.
0: I didn't say cheating. You could have a person that has multiple partners because ah. as far as I know is the, their relationship wasn't mutually exclusive.
1: It, it. Yes. No, it definitely is. Oh, it definitely is. It okay. definitely <laughs> is. But man, we can't let her listen to this. That will like incite all kinds of snakes in her head and she will go insane. Um. Again. But it, I mean, but it, but should she, right? I mean, I is, mean is, is, well, is this a sign that we should talk about like, okay. other partners in the bed. It's like, do you, have,
0: do you have other partners? Are you thinking about it? And it's like, not even, 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 not even if the partner is there yet. Like, are you thinking about it? Wow. It's like, are you thinking about having a different partner? Are you thinking one relationship ahead, two relationships ahead, five relationships ahead? Wow.
1: Because wow. there's so many
0: aspects other than just plumbing.
1: All right, I'm going to kind of recap the wildly depressing run through of options you've given me. Ah, first one being some sort of physiological defect. Second one being a complicated combo lock that there's some sort of shame in admitting to third reason being psychologically intimidated and that causes one to cease to come Oh, I forgot I left out chemical influence including whiskey dick Viagra and or cocaine, the unspoken dick killer in the house. And we've moved on to thinking about someone else or their the lack of climax implying wondering eyes or wondering dick or
0: could be multitude of things where it's like what happens when your lover closes their eyes for too long during sex. Oh my. Are they enjoying it? Oh my! They're thinking of something else.
1: Oh my! I mean.
0: I know there's a rabbit hole no one wants to go down.
1: Well, I mean, I do. <laughs> um, we're kind of running down this podcast. We, 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 I feel like that's a topic for another issue. Like, what happens when your lover closes your eye, closes their eyes throughout sex? Ah, uh, wow. Um, all right, let's get to the uncomfortable questions part of this podcast because, man, I'm really a little depressed by all of your answers. Like, this is upsetting. You
0: ask for honesty, and like I'm like, like I, I'm like I'm going by my, my personal my per like, and some of these things they're personal for me. In it Camden, it's there are some of these things where I'm coming from like my professional background, where like these are things I've heard from clients.
1: Well, I mean, there you go. I mean, you just kind of segued into the uncomfortable question that I'm going to ask you. Uh, have you? Ever had an experience where you've been unable to come with a partner? If so, what was the reason?
0: Sexual prowess. On my end. Elaborate. Um, Where, like, I had a partner that was much more experienced than I was. Okay. And it was, and I'll be candid. It was intimidating for me. Where and i'm not talking about like you know just like the physical act like the educated act and like like a, a, a extreme education background like in kink and polymory and so and just like go down the whole laundry list and you know has read all the books and done all the things and as much as i like to say i'm the smartest person in the room in that instant i wasn't and i'm not afraid to admit that and then okay like we had one really awkward sexual encounter and she said okay we need to talk about sex afterward
1: yeah and how to so it was forgive me i mean i think a lot of men think about like how awesome be to sleep with a porn star i personally would find that wildly intimidating is that sort of the situation that's exactly the situation i'm talking about okay
0: yes ladies and gentlemen this porn this individual i'm talking about is, is an ex-porn star
1: oh right on okay so but but it was like it sounds great in your head and then in reality it It
0: sounds great in your head but then you then all, then all of a sudden performance anxiety happens right like uh, like i had no problem maintaining an erection i was incredibly attracted to her but like the biggest challenge i had was am i good enough
1: comparatively you start feeling like you know the ghosts of everyone who has gone before you are you are you
0: yeah and it's like and again it's it wasn't so much like there's like half intimidation half fear it's like Am I gonna be and like and I'll use the I'll use the word adequate. Like am I gonna be an adequate lover for her?
1: That's fair. Wow. How how wow. How did the all right we need to talk about sex conversation go.
0: No, I mean it was pretty cut and dry, actually. Yep talked about what turns you on like we had the what turns you on what what kind of conversations are you having in your head about this like where are you at when you're having sex i mean like it's like everybody you talk about like holding on for eight seconds and they're on their your hat up there what's happening during those eight seconds so to speak
1: i mean i personally think they're thinking about you know the cowboy next to him because i believe in a lot of latent homoeroticism in west texas cowboys but go ahead
0: but again it's, it was all about having the conversation into where it's like, okay, what turns you on? And then it being an equally considerate conversation, where like it was as a back and forth dialogue. And it wasn't a five minute question. It wasn't a five minute dialogue. We're talking about. It's like, okay, let's sit down. Like, like like afterwards, like we shower, make some tea, sit down, have a whole conversation of it. Or like this this encompassed an evening.
1: Did you appreciate that she's the one who brought it up? That she did, and she did it. She did it right after the awkward sex experience or she was pretty close she waited until the next time you saw each other and she's like have some tea we gotta talk
0: no 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 No, it was it was actually right afterwards okay it was right afterwards and it's just like because it's like okay we make each other wet and squishy but what's going on with you okay like you're having a challenge okay this is a challenge this is my this is my complicated combination lock where i am intimidated
1: wow how did it feel to have her call you out like that, to give you immediate notes at the end of the scene.
0: No, nah, and not so much like, I, like it didn't feel bad. It wasn't, it wasn't like derogatory. It wasn't condescending. It was like, hey, we let's talk about this. It was very considerate. And I mean, like, and it was a very enlightening conversation. And, and like in that conversation, learned a lot, found a lot of other books to read and whatnot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I always like book suggestions post-coital. Uh, well, it did and then, you know, follow up uncomfortable question. Did the sex get better after this conversation? Yeah, right? absolutely it did.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Thank you for answering honestly.
0: No worries. It's fun not answering honestly.
1: Maintaining one's enigmatic mystique <laughs> like I do.
0: So ladies, at the end of the day, don't be afraid to ask that man a question.
1: It does seem like it'll pay off and that there's, I mean, what the hell have you got to lose, right? More bad sex.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, like I mean, like you're throwing all your cards on the table. You both got past that thing, we're naked, and I just stuck my pieces, parts into each other.
1: Sometimes happens without a conversation. Yes.
0: Yeah, it happens without a conversation, and sometimes it happens by just by pure spontaneity. But then again, then you have the hindsight twenty twenty question. It's like, oh God, was that bad? Was that really bad? Oh God, yeah, that was terrible sex. It's like where you. And it's like an ass. I mean, it's like start off doing like. You don't want to be accusatory but you also want to go like it's like hey what was going on with you like you know like i mean what can i do to help
1: hmm. all right what's your question for me
0: actually it's a very similar question when was the time that, that you were in a relationship or with someone where you were into that person but it wasn't getting things flowing how did you handle it
1: i did not talk about it <laughs> i think um i fell into the same you know, suffer in silence kind of American approach to it and tried to solve it on my own, right? Mm-hmm. I and now we're back to our podcast conversation. I tried to figure out what fantasy I needed to happen in my head to get me there. And didn't involve him in it, which I guess does involve the closing your eyes for too long. In So did I hit a nerve? Oh well with that one maybe, you know, I, maybe, all right, shut up. <laughs> Ooh, um, Yes. You know, I think it just comes from this idea that I had and I'm definitely working through, there are reasons why I'm still single out there ladies and gentlemen is my approach to relationships was always, you know, his problems are my problems and my problems are my problems that My responsibility involved doing all of the emotional labor in the relationship. And for me to be a quote-unquote cool girl meant that I had no needs. I had no feelings. I was always up for everything and always cool with everything, which meant that when sex became a problem for me, when I, in retrospect, I realized that taking on that kind of assumption of burden in a relationship pretty much dooms it because nobody can be that, or at least I can't be that self-effacing all the time. Um, I don't have a lot of patience for men who, are, who aren't who are aware of their own feelings and aren't aware that other people have them too. Um, but, you know, I was younger at one time. <laughs> and, yeah, I just assumed that it was it was my problem to fix because obviously he wasn't doing anything wrong. And then I just needed to figure out how to fix it. But in retrospect, when I stopped being able to come was probably when I probably should have broke up with him. It's probably when I stopped being attracted to him because I started just being overwhelmed with disgust by his daily selfishness. So that might have something to do with it. You know, um, You know, inability, like you're just kind of in some ways, well, masking your contempt for the person. Man, which is once again, getting into my friends, like snakes in her head. This is the worst interpretation of it ever. But, but yeah, you know, uh, yes. And, you know, so I started coming up with fantasies. The fantasies at the beginning involved him, right? You know, usually, you know, for me, it's like power plays, right? You know, just sort of like rewriting how, you know, him coming home from work went down and, you know, right, you know, (laughs) coming up with some fun things. I'm a writer. I have a great imagination. And then I started to realize that, you know, I, much like a combo luck, instead of including him in it, I started falling back on tried and true fantasies. And then that just became, well, you know, why don't I just, be at home with my my toys. They're cheaper. And I think um
0: like you were you, you mentioned like his problems or his problems or he doesn't have any problems and your needs and your needs or your
1: problems. Well I, I, I yeah I do think that that I had bought into this level of cultural it's it is at its core misogyny, even though I think it's 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 um uh you know things about patriarchy and and toxic masculinity where you know i didn't want to be the needy woman i didn't want to be the crying woman i Mm -hmm. i've always wanted to be the cool girl right and i am kind of the cool girl and i i can out guy the guys by being that dismissive and you know disassociated from my feelings which is a weird competition to get into but i can win uh you know and
0: But do you really want that trophy?
1: Well, I I did when I was younger. I was definitely hyper-competitive about it while I was younger. And then I started realizing, what the fuck am I winning? You know, and I realized that. But yeah, that is, I think, I am not unusual in speaking for the female species when we're taught to approach relationship with a guy by denying that we have feelings and being very careful of what feelings we ask him to handle, like pretending we don't have emotional needs, pretending we don't need him to call, don't need him to text, don't need him to like, you know, uh, we have to be cool with ghosting, right? Like there's, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors into it. And so, but I had approached, but honestly, I feel like that's just an unsustainable relationship dynamic after a while. And I've just learned that if I engage in that dynamic and he lets me, then this is a one way path to contempt Bill and there's no way back from it. And so I've, you know, trying something different now because I'm a grown up. Right on.
0: So, and also, it's I think taking taking dual ownership of it when you talk about your sex life or my sex life or my sexual desires, it's like like we're you know adding the you know adding the okay, it's our sex life, right? Where and again coming back on and looking at how can we communicate this? How can we talk about this? How can we do this? It's like some of us are farther away from forty than others, and
1: well, I, I I've, I've learned not to fear the communication. Mm-hmm. Granted, my last sex, that did not happen—but don't judge me on that. Um, but I've learned not to fear the communication. Like the talking about sex can be fun, you know. Um, instead of thinking about like what is it you want, I don't. I don't really like the yes, no, maybe list. I don't. I don't like somehow the sometimes transactional conversation that kink people do. Sorry. Um, I like the sort of trading of fantasies, right? Being like, all right, I like this one. Have I like that one? Oh yeah, I've got yeah. an outfit for that. You know. Um, right. I mean,
0: like, I think it's fun. Like, I think the fun part about it is where like you know in the BDSM community where you're building a scene. What turns you on? What do you want involved in this? What type of story do you want to tell with it? Right. You know, write your own erotica.
1: Write your own erotica. I like, like, you know, what kind of story do you want to tell? I'm a, I'm, I'm a writer, of course, yeah. so I like the stories. Like, let's just start there. Because at the end of the day, it is the story that's happening in my head that is communicating the story that's happening in my body. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that, in, that ideally should involve my other partner 75% of the time. We should. That'd be great. That's the goal. Goals. These
0: are good goals.
1: They are. I think we're actually really close to our time. Oh, I'm really impressed with us. This was a good conversation. That's a great conversation. I didn't. I didn't. You know, you, you kind of wandered off into yes, dad, and yes, counselor um, <laughs> moments at times, but.
0: And then when you called me, you see when you called me about this topic, you said, "I'm phoning a friend, and I'm asking your professional opinion." So I put on the professional opinion and put on the counselor voice
1: that's true but i knew you would also tell me the truth but um, also in this but, but, you know you gave me the professional answer which i did pass on to her which i'm actually kind of glad that i did because man this conversation was wildly more depressing than i gave her um but i did also give her the intervention thing which is like you know there's actually no way in which we can like forensic Sherlock this out it, it does involve actually having that conversation which we did all keep coming back to it does involve communicating
0: it's all about the communication
1: yeah god if only like we didn't have to communicate only like a podcast that just said things anyway um thank you blake this has been lovely it's been awesome i
0: think this is a great first episode
1: i think so too thank you very much uh this has been great um once again this is bonnie neal
0: and this is blake thompson
1: and this is drinking with your ex
0: it's time for a refill everybody totally